0: and welcome to Sounds About White.
1: Hello, welcome. My name is Rebecca Pearson. It's not really Rebecca Pearson, but we're going to focus on Rebecca Pearson for a little bit. Yes,
0: and for those who are just now joining us, um, welcome. Uh, How we do things is we've got two hosts. My name is Maria, and
1: we've got Emma... Yes, Emma Nelson, but every week I play a new white person of the week. I don't really play a person. I just kind of mention them. So honorable, dishonorable mention to Rebecca (laughs) Pearson.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Um, So Rebecca Pearson is from This Is Us.
1: Yes. And the reason why I picked her, because, you know, you're mentioning it, and I was like, what am I to talk about this week? Who's my dishonorable mention? Let me just say that for the most part, you know, the Pearsons seem like a nice little good, unproblematic family. You know, um, spoilers ahead. Because if <laughs> yes. you have not watched the series and you plan on watching the series, I am going to spoil it. Uh, Rebecca and Jack got pregnant. They had preg- were pregnant with triplets. They lost one of the triplets. Oh, also trigger warning ahead. My bad. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, they lost one of the triplets and they decided they would adopt the child who had just been brought into the hospital. Um, and kind of surrendered as their own. So they ended up they kept three children, and one of the the third child they adopted was a black boy. Name is Randall, or a black baby who became a black boy who became a black man. Anyway, anyway, Randall's one who they adopt. And one of the things that like, and I'm glad that I thought that the show did a pretty decent job of calling it out even before everybody was super hip into race relations, because, like, of course, they had the let's talk about Black issues episode mm-hmm. after everyone sat at home and watched George Floyd get murdered. Yeah, So they had that, of course, storyline in it. But even before, they had kind of a storyline where you saw Randall kind of coming to terms with the fact that he was different from his fa- family. And even, you know, Jack and Rebecca kind of understanding that they needed to do more as parents. I think one part was like, like they didn't understand his hair. I want to say maybe Randall was ashy. I don't know. Um, And so I do want to say that I, I think that as parents, they, they handled it well for the times, the access. And of course I don't want any child to grow up in the system. So if you have two loving adults, one loving adult if you have a loving adult who is willing to take care of the whole child and learn and adapt that is ideal one thing that i find really frustrating is how little work and research a lot of white people do when they adopt children of color of any color they don't just have to be black but any child is just like well i'm going to provide a loving home and i don't see race and it's like no no it's not how it works and so um, when I thought of Rebecca, you know, she wasn't entirely aware. She became aware and she got it together v- fairly quickly. But now that we've had this conversation, this show has existed. I need people to do pre-work is really what I'm thinking. You know, yes. I, I honestly, she adopted Randall on a win. They weren't expecting to lose their child. So all things considered. I mean, I'm going to let it go. But like. People who are actively trying to bring additional children into their home, whether um, all children need to be educated on this, but I need you to be aware that if your child looks different from you, there's some work you need to do. There's some internal work you need to do. There's some external work you need to do. Um, All of your friends should not look like you. You need to have friends. You need to exist in spaces where there are people who look like your child. They just do. Your child needs to be... your child needs to like know, I guess, be around that. Um, you need to be around that, not just your child. You know, how are you welcoming this child to their home, and you don't know anything about the culture of where they may or may not have come from, or uh, the culture that they they may eventually try to become a part of? Because you know, you look around and you see people who looks like you, and you want to, but you have been raised around that because you've been raised around white people, so you don't fit in and you feel like an outcast. Um, And that's not fair because now you're an outcast to white people because they know that you're not white. And you're an outcast to, for example, black people because you don't act like them or you don't know their references and you haven't been exposed to them. And I know black people are not a monolith, but there is culture. There's a culture that you cannot deny and negate. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know that culture, you don't know their references, you haven't watched the same movies, um, you weren't raised in a similar household then you're going to feel left out and isolated. And so you are doing your child a disservice by not doing the pre-work to make sure that you can surround your child by people who look like them yes. and have the same culture.
0: Yeah. I, I do want to call in. I know you said um, before we started that that Kate and Kevin are like your least favorite characters. They are. They are. But, but I just want – So I'm only on season, I'm on season two, episode 10, and then I've seen season six. So I kind of have this mixture, but I'm just going to go off of season one and two, Rebecca. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, she's, she's doing her best, but I really was upset and I'm still upset. I haven't forgiven her for not including William as part of... As part of Randall's right. life and like keeping that secret. I feel like in what you were talking about, about being a white family and being in a white community, like right. that would have, I, I know that William has had his journey. At, you know, I know going to say,
1: Will, William was pretty sick for a yeah. very long time. And I'm not sure if he was sick when she wasn't including him. Yeah. But he, he
0: was, he was, who, who was, he wasn't using, I don't know the full story, but I know, I think Randall knocked on the door and he was, yeah. about to use. but Rebecca, I don't know. I just, she was very fearful of losing her child and I'm sure that's difficult, but I just, it is really sad that Randall could have had, even if yeah. it was just like, like I'm. I was on one of the episodes where, like imagining William just kind of like, there at a birthday party or like
1: you know here right. and there like not necessarily need to be consistent but i do kind of think that the issue that rebecca had with including um william mm-hmm. was it i think that's something that parents could relate to regardless of the race of the child who they adopt um mm-hmm. just feeling that you're going to lose your child by including the biological family with yeah. the child cuz puts them I mean, if you if it's done wrong, it could put the child in an awkward position and, and they have a certain bond, they have certain relations, they yep. I mean they you know, there's so many things ties between biology just yeah. in, in itself. And yeah. that is not me saying that biology makes you a family. Yeah. But I'm but you know, it is nurture and nature. Yeah. So my question is, do I not like seafood? Because none of my parents like seafood or do I not like seafood because my parents didn't cook seafood? I have no idea, but you know, you cannot negate the biological component of there are going to be similarities and things that they share with their biological parent Mm -hmm. that you're not going to have that same connection, not negating the connection you do have. So I think that I can imagine adoptive parents experience a certain anxiety that regardless of the race of the child that Mm -hmm. they adopt. So I can see where she was coming from. And I, and to speak to that, so I saw someone post a billboard on Twitter and they were like, Oregon's a wild place. And it was the stop having kids billboard. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went into the website and I'm looking at it. And it's basically just about how people have children for very selfish reasons. And mm-hmm. they don't necessarily consider the child as much as they should in mm-hmm. their quest to have children. And I'm not saying that Rebecca's an inherently selfish person. She shouldn't have to have children. But that anxiety, that fear, that um, hesitancy to include the biological family mm-hmm. is very reminiscent of the Stop Having Kid Children website that I was looking <laughs> at. That's what it makes me think of. Because it's like, if you were truly thinking only of the child, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's about them, you know, you should be creating this space and this home and this world for them that you can. Mm -hmm. And instead, you are thinking only of yourself, not saying that you don't matter. But you've already brought them here. So the the, the least you could do is try to make things a little different for them. So I just think that that was a very selfish thing. Mm -hmm. And I get where it comes from. I don't I have not adopted any children. So maybe it's not really fair for me to speak on. Mm-hmm. I can empathize with the anxiety and fear, but it doesn't negate that it was selfish.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, and I just saw an episode. so, and again, like all of this is valid. Like people have she's going through trauma. She was just sharing about like kind of grieving the loss of the third child. And she's, like, in the supermarket, and she's, like, going to reach for these onions. Then she turns around because her two kids or three kids are crying. Then when she turns back, the, the like, bag of onions is gone because this other lady took it. And she, like, freaked the fuck out on this lady for, like, taking the last bag of onions. Which, again, like, okay, you're, like, under a lot of stress. You're grieving. And she was clearly talking about losing the baby when she was – Talking about the onions, but it was mm-hmm. it was a very like Karen-esque moment that I was mm-hmm. like, and I've seen that through like Kevin also has those kinds of moments. See, where, I can't, you
1: know I can't stand Kevin.
0: <laughs> and and I will say that like Kate and Toby, like it there are these moments where like they're doing this like grand gesture yes. and like it's it's like deemed as like so noble, but it's also like if you take into account their whiteness, like it's it's kind of cringy. Um and I know we like love this family, and we're like cheering for them and
1: stuff. But we're like, who is we? Because I only, like, I only love Randall and his family. Yeah, yeah. Randall and Beth and his daughters. Yeah, um, they're my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Beth, yeah, Kate is. She's been so horrible to her mother her entire life. Yeah, until like maybe three years ago in her adulthood um kevin has also been pretty horrible his entire life until also maybe like two years ago and randall has been just a sweetheart uh randall it can be a menace he can be very annoying Um, Mm -hmm. i think randall is representative of a lot of times you have society say you know your friend is anxious. They can't do this. Your friend has depression. They can't do this. And I think a lot of times we don't necessarily know what an anxious person or a depressed person sometimes does. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much as my friend is sad and they can't get out of bed. Sometimes they do things that are hurtful or mm-hmm. frustrating. Yeah. Um. And I think that that looks like in Randall, his control issues, his anxiety yeah. is his inability to release control to others. And it comes off as very pushy and demanding mm-hmm. and it, I mean that's, that's frustrating. Yeah. Um, you know? And so you want to be empathetic and understanding and patient with people who have anxiety, but like, let's not deny that Randall is not frustrating. Well, when yeah. he's being pushy and controlling and telling everybody what to do. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he just, I just watched the Halloween
0: episode where he had, like, the whole neighborhood planned out for, like, where they were
1: going to go. and Right. Um, and, yeah, he. I mean, he very often has difficulty kind of releasing that control, and you see it consistently throughout his childhood. hmm Just, yeah. So, I mean, it, he is not without faults and frustrations, but- Beth, Beth is, Beth is wonderful. (laughs) Um, She can do no wrong. Yeah,
0: Beth, yeah, Beth really holds it down, I think, for the entire family,
1: but for Randall's And the daughters are also very wonderful. Beth, honestly, I love Toby too. Yeah. And I hate where they go with the Kotobi storyline. That was a reach. It was a reach by- Spoilers. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean I mean this whole thing was a spoiler. I I hate. I I assume you know because I tweet about it. But to Toby. I will not say it here.
0: Yeah, it I yeah. It it doesn't seem to line up and even again, I've watched the two seasons and then season 6 and it felt very rushed. Um so yeah, Toby. Yeah, I I think just I guess they're all on a learning journey. Um and yeah, like they all have their struggles. And I guess that's what I kind of took away from the series kind of to to wrap up this topic is like they are still very much white. And I was surprised because I had seen the like Black Lives Matter fall 2020 or whenever it came out. I saw the episode that was clearly a response to George Floyd's killing. But I was pleasantly surprised that there was some exploration like
1: early on in the series. Yeah. Well, um, they didn't negate the fact that Randall was black.
0: Yeah. Like he just yeah, he just visited Howard and like his dad took him there and um and again, yeah, I think the parents are doing the best they can with what they have, but they could always do better. We could always do yeah. better.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's another important part Recognizing that you can always do better while also accepting that you're doing the best you can, which is a very, it seems like a very impossible kind of in-between space to be. Mm-hmm. You don't want to absolve yourself of responsibility and in and, and changing or creating change, mm-hmm. but you also don't want to feel so compelled to change that it creates anxiety for yourself because you don't get to have peace and comfort. Yeah.
0: Yep. Sustainability, which is part of the reason we've taken off the past, I think we're at two months now. We haven't. It's
1: been a minute. It's
0: been a minute. So um, we're recording here at the end of April. And uh, yeah, just needing to self-care while also doing the work. Mm. Bitches be busy.
1: Yeah, I mean, by doing the work, you mean doing a Degrassi podcast. Shameless (laughs) plug. (laughs) Go
0: check out the Degrassi podcast. Go watch Degrassi.
1: Um, Yeah, it's on HBO. It's on HBO, Amazon Prime, Tubi. Not everything's on Tubi. And the Roku app as well. Okay. And of course, then you can listen to Below the Dot on all the major streaming platforms course i'm saying this now and we're definitely not recording this week because terry has some shit to do but (laughs) But i I will be tweeting yeah and maybe instagramming to hold you guys over to our next week
0: all right so degrassi fans get on in
1: below the dots if you know me the fact that my name is emma nelson you should know that i am degrassi's biggest fan (laughs) (laughs) what's the theme song again Whatever it takes. Whatever I know I can takes. make it through. I'm not going to sing it
0: it's because fine. I can't
1: sing. Yeah. Okay. All right. What else do you want to talk about this well, week? Well, I just, I
0: feel like, so I, w- I was wanting to talk about this, but I also didn't want to necessarily, I don't know. I've been like sitting and processing, um, but our listeners, um, especially if you're white and and perhaps if you're black or another person of color, you may follow the No White Saviors Instagram account. Um, they also have a Twitter, and I think they're on Facebook, but their Instagram um, seems to have been the most active. And there's been a lot of um, racial drama unfolding over the past week um, involving a white woman um, refusing to take accountability, is what it appears to be. Um, I was trying to withhold judgment um, as a white person who is on a lifelong journey of anti-racism that I am no better than this white woman. Um, But basically, uh, there were there was a black social worker, a black Ugandan woman that came forward who was one of the leaders, co-founders of the organization. Um, Her Instagram account is Olivia dot rises, I believe, on Instagram. And she's basically kind of came out and said, hey, I need support from black folks. I need support from white folks. Um because I am being pushed out of access to logins for the No White Savior social media accounts by Hmm. the white co-founder who is an American woman um, from Philadelphia and has two social work degrees. Uh, has complex trauma history, um, not that that excuses any behaviors, um, but she's written about that and has, I guess, I've followed her on social media uh, for the past couple years and has kind of gone back and forth between the U.S. and Uganda. Um, and yeah, just like a lot of resistance and denial. um, and harm and it sounds like there's financial statements that are coming out about taking money from the organization um it sounds like there there were previous relationships with some like really problematic white women um, in Uganda and then there was a shift to being different but we don't ever escape our remnants or our past and we can never be above critique. Um, and one I of know the things, that's right. Yeah. And I just want to say this, like I, I want to like, I wanted to talk about this as like an example because it, it definitely happens like over and over again. And I, I wanted to kind of zoom out and talk about how, again, going off of what Twitter is saying, Instagram saying like lots of Black folks weighing in, sharing perspectives um, and how like, you know, the the white woman was like using other Black folks as kind of like a shield. And like, this is all, again, this is all hearsay. So I'm like trying to have been following this while also, you know, living life outside of social media. Um, but like per, like, allegedly like, offering to pay black Ugandans for like, you know, to come in and say, hey, she's not that bad or it's fine. And there's, there was this dynamic of like the black woman coming forward, who's the co-founder, the white co-founder acting a mess. And then there's other blacks, the rest of the staff are black, but like not, I haven't necessarily like, I don't follow or I don't know. I haven't heard like those other voices and, and um, I guess that was part of the maybe the back end stuff of the white lady trying to get people to support her. And the tough part is that I think as a white person is like, like, it's like, damn, I kind of like thought you were doing the work. I don't know you. I've seen you from a distance. And, um, I think it's just also an important part that we hold each other accountable and like, there can be a lot of white folks like projecting a certain image of being, of doing the work and being about it, but then we actually like don't know unless we're talking or hearing from the black folks in their life or the black folks that they're in community with or they're working with, um, because obviously we as white folks are not gonna like tell on ourselves um, or tell on ourselves enough, right? yeah so when yeah that
1: all of this really makes you think i think what you were talking about um you were saying wow i really thought that you were like supportive and doing the work and etc and always it this kind of tied in it makes me think about how every time on the read they're like hey this person is great you know this is a person a, a white person who isn't problematic who's doing the work and then like literally every single time that person does something oh fucked up. Oh, my gosh. Like, every <laughs> single time, light clock, work, all yep. of a sudden that person has done something offensive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that is what it made me think of. It's like just when you get comfortable and you're like, hmm, all right, you're doing the right work. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and the tough part, I think, is, like, the doubling down. And the, like, Mm -hmm. mistakes are going to happen. Like, we are going to make mistakes as white folks in this work. Like, that's not up for discussion. But, like, the doubling down and, like, the, like, leaning into rage or, you know, white womanhood or whatever it might be, I think that's the part that it's, like, especially troubling because it's, like, okay, you fucked up and then you're also not – Humble like enough. Not accept
1: right. Yeah. Man. And then that's so frustrating because it's like, well, how does how do you ever expect anyone to learn if you get, you know, someone tells you about yourself and you don't hear it?
0: Yeah. Especially the very folks, right? The black folks that you're purportedly like accountable to and working alongside. Right. Yeah. And again, this is so much bigger for me than like any one white person because there's just so many of us. And, yeah, there's so many examples of, of what not to do. Um, and we've highlighted some of them on our show in past episodes.
1: Um, yeah.
0: We you trying to tell white people. Yeah. It's it's tough. And I, I, I do – there's also the, like, sitting back and stepping up aspect of things, yeah um, There's also social media. It just all of this had me thinking a lot about like nothing is real about social media and everything is real because like these are real people's lives. These are real experiences. But it's like all behind this front of like an Instagram account. And um, it was actually a black woman here from uh, the D.C. area that started commenting on the No White Savior post. Like, wait, who's writing this? Like, who is who's posting this? like the language I'm just curious and like there was no response but that's kind of what got me wondering like oh yeah I didn't even think about like who's actually behind the account um and who's profiting right who's benefiting um and yeah I guess I I did have high expectations for this white woman without even really knowing her at all
1: yeah, yeah. and then you got to like it's just, it's so hard because you just want to support people and you want to, you want to accept change and progress and people who are doing the work and then they'd be going around and disappointing you. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: um, yeah, I think it's, there's a lot to learn um from the situation. And I think it's all the more reason to, to reflect on ourselves of like what we can improve on. Um, as white folks. I know for me, like perfectionism, sense of urgency are are big ones. Um and also just like, oh, I'm not one of those white people. Like I that that was like mm-hmm. the immediate reaction, like, well, at least I'm not mm-hmm. like here's all this stuff that she did. At least I, I have haven't done that, and then using that to like scapegoat all of the things that all the ways I've caused harm over the years. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much um that's pretty much that on that. I don't know no. any other
1: thoughts or know. feelings um, you know, very oddly, I think protecting my peace in online spaces has h- helped me from you know having a list of white things to rant about I mm-hmm. mean, like it's like theoretically i could I could rant about Elon Musk, yeah and people not distributing their wealth yeah i could rant about that um i could rant about but they're all things that you know i'm just tired and all i just do is block people yeah (laughs) which is
0: which it's what i'm hearing is that it's it is helpful for your mental health to do that like oh yeah i do a lot of blocking yeah it's shown like to make a difference so Feel free, if you're black and listening to this, to block any and everybody, uh, including our page, if you're not feeling it or it's not what you yeah. need.
1: A lot um, of blocking, a lot of muting. Yeah. Because that's – there's no other way to protect yep. your sanity but to just – I think the, the ability to kind of log off too. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw something and it was a local suburb had – Um, They had a fasting from whiteness for Lent. Now, their idea of fasting from whiteness was like, we do a lot of white things in this church, and we want to make sure that we are including other groups, and we're making sure that we are being intentional about including other groups, other music, other activities, other customs, and Mm -hmm. we are not just promoting white white ways yeah but i saw that and i said i'm giving up white people for lent (laughs) and and for the most part i did uh and it's like anytime i was kind of like i should text so and so i said no you're you are protecting your peace and that means that you're not texting white people yeah now should they happen to reach out to you then they do Mm -hmm. but if they don't you know who who cares yeah Yeah. Like I'm, I'm doing the work to protect my peace, and that is the most important work that you have, right? Yeah. So, so that ability to log off, say I'm not sending that text, mm-hmm. do not disturb on the phone. Yeah,
0: it's a good feature.
1: subjects on social media.
0: Oh, that's a good one too. I have not, I haven't dabbled into that. I don't. I'm not tech savvy enough to
1: do that, but. Um. Every si- every single time I catch myself being frustrated with something that someone has said on social media, mm-hmm. I go back, and that's when I say, "You you need to just mute them." Yeah. Um, and so, like Beyonce, she's muted. No shade to Beyonce. <laughs> my problem is not Beyonce. My problem is Beyonce Hive. Oh yes, that is my issue. They are um, um, very passionate. Yeah. Right. And it's Very just fashion. like y'all need to shut the fuck up. I do not care. <laughs> That's my that is my issue. <laughs> so,
0: if we have any Hive listeners um just, just don't take it to our page, but
1: continue to live your I mean, life. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm probably going to upset some people, but I might even have Jesus muted on social media. <laughs> Which is fine. It, I mean, it's just like y'all, like you guys this, say things and they're just frustrating sometimes. Yes. And I'm just like, I need you to shut the fuck up.
0: Well, because we've talked about this before, but like the ways that whiteness and Christianity, like I read something over the last couple of weeks that like, you are more likely to be racist if you're white and Christian. And that's mm-hmm. that's by design. And so it makes sense why it's not Jesus's fault, but like it makes sense why people who are using Jesus's name are, are often mm-hmm. actually using it to like further perpetuate um, whiteness, white supremacy, colonization, anti-Black racism, like all the things. Right. So you can yeah, find and- Jesus elsewhere if you are, if that is your, you know, your faith and it doesn't need to be on Twitter. Right. And I, I've, I've
1: had enough. Yes.
0: Um, and the other, tri- the other thing around Easter, we're both grew up Catholic, right?
1: Um, yes. Which apparently, um, I'm going to give myself away as not being an authentic white woman. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you guys do exist out here, but black, black, uh, Catholics are a rare breed. So yes, here I am,
0: (laughs) once again breaking stereotypes or Mm -hmm.
1: limitations.
0: Um, yeah, shout out to Black Catholics. They do exist, but yeah, there's, there's a reason. Actually, it was because of well why are so many people Catholic to begin with has to do with colonization. And when we think of Latin America, there's a reason why there's so many Catholics and it's not necessarily by choice, but by, mm-hmm. by violence. Um, and then what I found um, that there was an opportunity to have more, not that anyone should be converted by force or No one needs to be converting to white religious practices anyways, but anti-blackness and racism, like in the late 1800s, early 1900s, up until still today, the the Catholic church is quite racist. So there's been a lot of like literally black folks not being welcome in
1: Catholic churches um, that that also plays a role in that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was confirmed in the Catholic church, they were two two black people, maybe more. But me and my one friend is black, mm-hmm. being confirmed. And the priest singled me out as maybe she's not necessarily ready to make this choice. Now I'll be honest, I wasn't, and I shouldn't have. Um, but like, why you like all? The, some I'm sorry. Some of these little white kids are <laughs> sucking down chocolate like daddy-os, and you two, yeah. you looking at me talking about maybe I'm not ready. And the reason he thought that I wasn't ready i remember i had to go meet with him and i had to like cancel plans with my friends to go meet with him Mm -hmm. um and i didn't like that i had to cancel my plans and i have always been i have always questioned religion good like why is this done yeah why is this important i was truly just there because it was like well i'm here yeah might as well but then i learned that when i went to school which is a jesuit university i had to minor in theology i was like first of all First, Theology 100, I was failing by midterm because that's how little I learned
0: going yeah. to get my
1: confirmation. Yeah. So it's like you had to withhold information yeah. to get – I did not have informed consent to make this decision. Yeah. I did not know enough. Had I known more, I absolutely would have been like, mm, that don't make any sense. And my yeah. biggest one – actually, I was talking about today. Um, I was like, yeah, like – and I'm. this is a very watered-down version. Yeah. <laughs> But I was like, yeah, uh, Christians were over here. Like we follow these twelve people, and then one day Catholics were like, actually, we follow one person. His he's the Pope. He is our leader. And I was like, and they, I was like, that is so. St-. I was like, that is just stupid. Uh, you, sorry, I mean, like, whatever. But yeah. like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Why would you do like that? No, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That's how people become tyrants. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's it's also the opposite direction.
0: Like, you would think you start with 12 and then all these years have passed that, right, it's just, like, spread out and the number is actually much larger as opposed to, like, going from 12 to 1. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, again, right, meshed in with um, white supremacy and just taking that stuff, you know, throughout the world throughout the continent of Africa and throughout the Americas and throughout Asia actually as well. There, like there's literally been so many places that have been touched by colonization Christ. and Catholicism. Yeah. By Christ. Yeah. Unfortunately the, the wrong kinds. Um, yeah. Because I, you know,
1: I, I think it's important to clarify that, you know, Whatever you do that brings you peace, as long as it's not harmful to others, I respect that. Mm-hmm. I may not, I may not subscribe to it myself, but I respect your right to take whatever whatever brings you peace. My problem is where it becomes where it becomes heart- hurtful to others. You start telling people how they should live their lives. Mm-hmm. You start put you instead of taking a lot of the love from religion. And applying that to people and making sure that you have kindness in your heart and kindness in your actions, and you're trying to bring peace and warmth about others, you're using that to say, you're doing this wrong, and here's how you should be doing it right, and if you would just pray, you'd feel better. And it's like, that's where I have my problems. Yeah. Where it the starts shame. getting manipulated and, using, and used incorrectly to hurt people. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And even- um, I do get like so full disclosure like I do get into the like Holy Thursday Good Friday, like Easter Sunday. I don't know what it is, but like it's it, like I get into it. Um, but I watched the priest of e- Prince of Egypt, which was like not quite relevant, but I was like, oh, I'm in the mood for this. And um then I just started googling and um, like Passover Ramadan uh easter among like many other religious holidays were are all in the same or around the same time this year but the way that catholicism or christianity has also you like used jesus as a way to be anti-semitic um or harmful towards uh jewish folks is something that i was just i was like there's just so much to learn um with that alone as well
1: yeah And I also feel like you start asking people questions, (laughs) you'll be like, I remember my friend said she asked her coworkers, hey, well, why do you guys not eat meat on Fridays? And I'm sure people who don't eat meat on Fridays know why they don't eat meat on Fridays during Lent. But the people who she asked did not know the answer to that question. I mean, most people don't know. Let's be honest. <laughs> and yeah. it's just like this blindly following of traditions without asking a question of why. Yeah. And it's not a problem to ask or or to, uh, like, you should just ask. Just yeah. Ask. I'm not saying question it and that you are questioning why it should be done, but where is the meaning behind it? Yeah. How does this bring me closer to where I'm trying to be? Yeah. I don't understand why you cannot ask those questions. Yeah. And do you? And is this authentically something you believe in or something that you feel pressured to do because everyone else is doing it?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I have known like v- a variety of religious, like, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the point is the Catholic church be racist. Also, I just yeah. want to say that I went to church with my mother um, because it would make her happy. And somebody <laughs> approached me also, I didn't have my ring on my finger. So I look like a single mother there with my mother and my aunt. Uh, disclaimer, the black woman we were with was a neighbor and not my aunt. And this this white woman approaches me and she says to me specifically, me, who has not been at a church in, since my friend got married like eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Me, who has not been in a church with the intention of being in church in maybe like 20 <laughs> years. She says to me, I'm so glad you brought your family with you today. And I- it's crazy because my mother goes to that church pretty consistently on Sundays so like if anything you look at her and you would say hey I'm so glad you brought your family with you today but they they turned and they said it to me and my mom's like yeah and they probably thought you was a single mom there with your mama and your auntie because you did not have your ring on your finger because I brought my daughter oh my god and it was just like this is a very odd interaction. I didn't really understand yeah. the meaning behind it. Yeah. Also, somebody came up and they talk- talked about how my daughter is adorable. And you know, they touched her hair. Oh, no. <laughs> Still in 2022. <laughs> Oh, I mean, there's a lot wrong. It's like, first of all, why are you touching a baby who you don't know? And second of all, yeah. why are you touching her hair? There was a lot. There well, was a yeah, lot. It's like, there like was a lot of a pandemic,
0: you shouldn't be touching babies you don't know anyways.
1: Because and... I know that I identify as white, but my daughter identifies as black guys. <laughs> okay? <laughs> don't touch your hair. Um... <laughs> It was just a very odd interaction, engagement yeah. I didn't understand. Yeah. It's it's a little cringy is what I'm hearing. It was also the church of my childhood. So it's not, it wasn't just any old Catholic church. It was yeah. the one that has consistently been racist and trash. Yeah. Although they do have a black priest now. Okay. Now everyone's going to google the one black the one church in all of America that has a black priest and you guys are going to know where I was on on Easter Sunday. Oh my god. Cuz I know there are not many black priest, Catholic priests there, out there. There are
0: There there is um Father Brian I'm going to butcher his last name M- Mazinde I'm going to I'm not going to remember his name, but he's a uh, op- he's an out uh Gay, black Catholic priest that works at Fordham University. What? And I've been – see, he's not on social media. I wish he was because around Easter, again, I, like, kind of get – I'm like, oh, I, like, kind of want to be, like, doing something, but I don't want to have to, like, listen to problematic stuff. And I was hoping that I could find him or listen to him. And he had actually just done an event the week before on the racism of the Catholic church. Um and, but yeah, check him
1: out. Um, I always get his last name confused. Um, since we're shouting people out. I, I just want to let y'all know that the priest who was racist to me at eighth grade, his name was Father Andy. He's <laughs> no longer a priest anymore. He actually left the priesthood to hook up with one of the women who he's giving marital counseling to. <laughs> oh, Thank you for coming my. to my TED Talk. Oh, who was not my. ready to make the commitment? Father Andy. Ex-Father Andy, I should say. <laughs>
0: Father who Andy. Was it? Father Andy. Father Andy. Was not one to be talking about commitment, is what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm saying, oh my gosh! All right, yeah, Father Brian Mazingale, Mazingale, yeah, check him out, check them out. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, any kind of any other things, topics, questions, concerns?
1: Um, No, I got nothing else. Yeah, I think
0: that that's a wrap for today. Um, yeah, just reach out to at least another white person. That's I think that's my big takeaway is like, you know, wanting to make sure that we as white folks are reaching out and being honest about what we're doing and trying to hold each other as white folks accountable. Um, So there's less black folks that are having to work and uh, be traumatized by our our rage and our violence
1: all right all Um, right y'all we can sign off so thank you for listening to our podcast sounds about white if you thought we were super entertaining and you want to learn more you can follow us on instagram at sounds underscore a letter b as in boy underscore white So it's like sound underscore about, but like not about a letter B (laughs) underscore white on Instagram. And you can learn all the fun things from Maria because she always posts things on there and shares things. And we'll be back all the time. Don't we come back on White Woman Wednesdays? We're White gonna Woman Wednesdays. We're,
0: yeah, we're gonna bring back the White Woman Wednesdays. I'm I've been slacking, but we're gonna get those back. So stay tuned. And you yeah. you haven't been slacking. You
1: took time off, and you are allowed to.
0: I took. Yeah, I did take time off. My body, my mind, my soul was not allowing uh, further days. So appreciate y'all for the patience. If anyone's been eagerly waiting for episodes. Um, and yes, know that if you see something on Instagram, it is posted by a white woman and feel free to critique and provide
1: feedback. Um, but like, don't critique if you being a Hayden ass bitch. <laughs> like that was just Maria questioning her abilities to share really good information. Again, I understand that we are all of us. None of us are out without fault. But her being like, feel free to critique, she shouldn't have said that because she's awesome. Okay. I'll, but if you I'll, do have to critique, critique, but also know that Maria really smart and she knows a lot.
0: Maybe like with love, like feedback, feedback's appreciated, but like we, you know, we appreciate. Yeah, you
1: should have said we welcome feedback. We welcome feedback. Critique, any feedback. It could be good. It could be bad. It could be questions, comments, concerns. We welcome feedback. Yes. Feel free to message us about that. <laughs> All
0: right, y'all. Thank you so much and take care. This is Sounds About White.